Maker's Mark bourbon is aged to taste in Loretto, Kentucky. The Samuels family uses locally grown soft red winter wheat and sources water from a lake on the distillery's campus. Every Maker's Mark label is printed and die cut by hand on an antique press, and each bottle is hand dipped in their signature red wax. All the details matter when distilling quality bourbon. Since Maker's Mark sold its first case of bourbon to the Keeneland Racecourse in Lexington, they have perfected the craft of distilling American whiskey. For their dedication to making great bourbon and for their support of the Southern Foodways Alliance, we thank them. Maker's Mark crafts their bourbon carefully. Please enjoy it that way. Long before SFA began producing gravy, our parent organization, the Center for the Study of Southern Culture, began producing Highway 61, a radio show focused on blues music. Bill Ferris was the original host, and 30-plus years later, that show still goes strong. Highway 61 airs every Saturday night at 10 p.m. and again on Sunday at 6 p.m. on Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. Scott Beretta, who once served as editor of Living Blues magazine, also published at the Center for the Study of Southern Culture here at the University of Mississippi. Well, he's now the host. He showcases the past, present, and future of blues culture. After you listen to this podcast, we hope you'll be inspired to give Highway 61 a listen. Scott's knowledge of music extends far beyond the blues. When we asked him to talk about the role that food plays in music, he came up with some revealing answers and a couple really good country songs and a yodel or two. (laughs) Hello, Jimmy Rogers. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. We're your host for Gravy. 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 A production of the Southern Foodways Alliance, Gravy tells new and complicated stories about the changing American South. When it's peach picking time in Georgia, apple picking time in Tennessee, cotton picking time in Mississippi, everybody picks on me. Music, food, and labor are basic elements of all societies, and in that snippet from Peach Pickin' Time in Georgia, recorded by Mississippi's Jimmy Rogers in 1932, we find their relevance both in marking time and in signifying our relations with others. Today, many of us enjoy listening to music while we're cooking or gardening, but there's usually a pretty casual relationship between the songs and our labor, shaped by our mood or perhaps our interest in hearing some new music or old favorites. In traditional societies, though, particular songs or song styles were ritually associated with specific tasks. Here, for example, is a song from Cameroon of a young Tikar woman singing while grinding corn. The vocal inflections and rhythmic sensibilities we heard there are echoed in the field hollers, the lonesome songs sung by African Americans working in agriculture in the Deep South. Here's Thomas Marshall from Edwards, Mississippi, singing a cornfield holler, or what he called an arhuli, back in 1939.
The Field Hollers were a building block for the blues, and another very influential form of early African-American secular music was the body of songs associated with corn shucking. During the slavery era, corn shuckings were public events that mixed work and pleasure, and enslaved people would often travel to other plantations to take part in the festivities, which would often include dancing and a feast. During competitions, male shuckers would sing, performing in a call-and-response manner. There are no known recordings of such songs, but many were written down by observers, and they served as raw material for the creation of minstrelsy, which was for many decades the most popular form of entertainment in the country. Folklorist Roger Abrams collected all of the known accounts of corn shucking songs in his wonderful book, Singing the Master. He noted that the shuckings had a joyous quality, but emphasized that the songs were, quote, a record not of the contentment of slaves, but of the value they played on experiencing the intense moments of life together. The agency of enslaved people was also expressed in songs that poked fun at the ways of masters, while others addressed fears or anger about the potential of being sold away. Multiple songs about corn shuckings were recorded in the 20th century, and in 1936, folklorist John A. Lomax documented African-American banjo player Jimmy Struthers at a Virginia prison singing a minstrel-type song called Corn Shucking Time. The lyrics here refer to the pleasures of baked possum, a delicacy that was the subject of one of the songs documented during the slavery era. Corn shucking time, I corn shucking time. Hang on a big cat possum, tell you friends of mine. Tell that corn shucking time, won't be having fine. Hang on a big cat possum, tell that corn corn shucking time. In the modern era, songs have continued to accompany forms of work done in collective settings. In Virginia, for example, workers sang together while harvesting peanuts, picking crab meat, and in the following example from 1980, shucking oysters with a loose rhythm created by the knives hitting shells. The lead singer on this popular spiritual is Reverend Timothy Hayes, who shucked oysters for 43 years at the Marshall Seafood Company in Glass, Virginia. Another category of traditional food songs is associated with vendors. From the 1991 Smithsonian Folklife Festival, here's bluesman Johnny Shines, an associate of Robert Johnson, recalling his father's watermelon calls. Well, my daddy was a peddler, and he'd holler from the street. Watermelon, watermelon, watermelon sweet and green. Best watermelon you ever seen. You eat the meat, and you pickle the rind. You say the seed, and they plant in time. Watermelon, watermelon. <laughs> And here's some fish vendor cries from Reverend Hardin Stuckey, collected in Jacksonville by the Library of Congress's Stetson Kennedy in 1939. I got fresh fish this morning, ladies. They're gilded with gold, and you may find a dime in their mouth. They're just from the river St. John, St. John. I have mullets. They're fresh and fine. They'll buy these mullets all for a dime. They're just from the river St. John, St. John. 
I became aware of that recording after it was interpreted by my friend Jake Fussell, who recorded it on his recent album Out of Sight on the Paradise of Bachelors label. I got fresh fish this morning, ladies. They are gilded with gold, and you may find a diamond in their mouths. They are just from the river St. John. Just as field hollers form the basis for blues songs, food vendor songs have been utilized in the creation of commercial song. On his album In This World, From Natchez to New York, jazz trumpeter and vocalist Olu Dara performed the song Okra, which is based on the sounds he heard during his Mississippi childhood. I got fresh peas. I got good-looking ears of corn. I got the homemade drink. Another example is from New Orleans' Dave Bartholomew, the band leader behind Fats Domino's hits. From 1956, here he is with Shrimp and Gumbo. anything about the blues, it might be that the blues are sad, which really isn't the case, or that most songs are about sex, for which there's an awful lot of evidence. There are some blues that seem to celebrate food in its own right, but more often food is used as a double entendre. From 1933, here's a good example, Meat Cutting Blues by the husband and wife team of Wesley Wilson and Coot Grant. You's a good butcher and I like your meat. I know your cutting can't be beat. I like it like that. Yes, I like it like that. It's so good. That's why I like it like that. And continuing on the same theme, here's Roy Brown from his 1950 single, Butcher Pete. Hey, everybody, did the news get around about a guy named Butcher Pete? Old Pete just flew into this town and he's chopping up all women's meat. On to another meat-related profession, here's Lil Johnson singing about Sam the Hot Dog Man back in 1936. Johnson specialized in songs about making and selling food, with titles including My Stove's in Good Condition, Anybody Want to Buy My Cabbage, and Hot Nuts, Get Them from the Peanut Man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
on your happy price, price line. In early blues, you rarely find much commentary on the nature of everyday work or of free time with families and children. In country music, though, there's many more songs that address the working woman and man, as well as sentimental celebrations of hearth and home. From the late 1920s, here's cowboy singer Jules Verne Allen with Punch in the Dough, which examines Western life from the perspective of the chuck wagon. Now I reckon your stomach would grow to your back If it weren't for the cook that keeps filling the slack With the beans in the box and the pork in the tub I'm a-wondering now who would fill you with grub Country music also has a long tradition of songs about work as drudgery. In recent years, Texan Casey Musgraves chronicled the troubles of waitresses in Blow and Smoke, for which there's a wonderful music video. It can be seen in the line of earlier songs, including Billy Joe Spears' Tips and Tables, and from 1968, Norma Jean's Heaven Help the Working Girl. Good morning, sir. What do you have? That's how I Critiques of the conditions of food labor have also sometimes taken a political turn. A fascinating case is that of John Hancox, an African-American from Brinkley, Arkansas, who wrote and performed songs for the Southern Tenant Farmers Union. Here he is, using a popular song by fellow Arkansas native Sister Rosetta Tharp, Strange Things Happening Every Day, as the basis for a new union song, Mean Things. On the 18th day of May, the union called a strike. But the planters and the bosses throw the people out of their shack. There is mean things happening in this land. There is mean things happening in this land. But their union's going on and their union's growing strong. There is mean things happening in this land. In 1991, a fire at the Hamlet Chicken Processing Plant in Hamlet, North Carolina, killed 25 and injured 55, largely because the doors were locked. The tragedy was chronicled by Mojo Nixon and Jello Biafra with an old-style country ballad, Hamlet Chicken Plant Disaster. Down in Hamlet. In 2019, Athens, Georgia's Beto Cacao recorded an album of protest songs, Undock Corridos, that chronicles the struggles of Mexican laborers in the U.S. Los Emigrantes de Stillmore tells of a 2006 raid at a poultry plant in Stillmore, Georgia, in which 120 workers were taken away by the authorities. Fue un primero de septiembre, presente lo tengo yo. Sucedió en Stilmore que la migra les cayó. Here's a translation of the first three stanzas. We just heard the first. It was September 1st, and I was present. It happened in Stillmore, an immigration raid. They broke in all the trailers and arrested them with pistols, breaking families apart. The parents were taken. Hiding in the forest, shaking because of the cold and terror. <laughs> 
suffering and hungry with the pain and the sorrow. It's a scenario that we sadly witnessed again recently here in Mississippi. The selections featured here just scratch the surface of the range of topics addressed in songs about labor and food. As with the study of food and labor through literature, art, and film, we find in music rich commentary on topics including identity, injustice, resistance, pride, and joy. And sometimes the simple but radical political act of making your voice heard by a wider audience. In addition to hosting Highway 61, Scott Beretta teaches sociology and anthropology at the University of Mississippi. He first gave this presentation at the 2019 Southern Foodways Fall Symposium. We hope that you liked what you heard so much that you'll want to join us for our 2020 Virtual Fall Symposium. Featuring, among other smart folks, Jose Rela, who's going to talk about taco topographies and the state of Mexican-American Southern cuisine. Visit southernfoodways.org to learn more and to purchase tickets. And while you're there, you can learn more about all the music in this episode. Gravy was produced by Matt Pearl. Wendell Patrick contributed our theme music. Jazar, our donor music. Everything else is from Blue Dot Sessions. Managing editor for Gravy, this podcast, and the journal is Sarah Camp Milam. Our publisher is Mary Beth Laster. Hey, and even if you can't join us in October, you can support our work by making a donation or becoming a member. Visit southernfoodways.org to learn how. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. Thanks for letting us pour some gravy in your ear. Mm-hmm.